Hi, this is Dr. Josh. And Dr. Doug. And this is podcast number 15. 16. 16. All right. Wow. They're flying by. Uh, busy last couple of weeks. Um, we were privileged enough to Skype into uh, Family Medicine Residency this week, and they had fantastic questions. Uh, a lot of them, it was their first exposure to the idea of a direct care model that doesn't take insurance, and uh, they responded very well to it. So, uh, as always, it's nice to be able to reach out to the next generation of uh, family physicians. We also uh, got a call from U.S. News and World Report to look at the future of hospitals and healthcare, and more importantly, how that relates to uh, insurance-free medicine, how our hospitals and even clinics going to try to tackle uh, the future of medicine when just insuring things isn't really the answer. So um, it's interesting that so many other entities are looking at just, quote, covering healthcare isn't really the answer. It's how we're going to pay for it, how things are paid for, and uh, how medicine in general, whether primary care or Hospital medicine is doled out. And it was great. Uh, they uh, leaned heavily on the story of Dr. John and Harry in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, these Bickies, about their transition and how they were really struggling in the current model and saw that as an option uh, that wasn't feasible long term and how they were able to turn it around into a direct care practice. And the Direct- nice thing about this, honestly, is that's really what it comes down to is what happens with doctors that are wanting to convert that are struggling how do they do it why do they do it why don't they just exit medicine and so we're going to get into that a little bit later it's kind of the main topic yeah um and and again to continue the press it's been wonderful that uh, we had time magazine in recently they were uh spent about five hours at the office and we're hoping for a very positive article to come out soon they spoke with a number of other direct care providers and we were fortunate to have Fortunate enough to have Dr. Erica from Long Island visiting, and she was able to add her uh, opinion and experience as a physician in the current insurance model trenches and why she was looking at converting. So um, I think we'll see more and more press about direct primary care. We had Fox Business come out also uh, just just to talk to us about you know how how we're doing, what we're doing. Uh, why we're doing it, how it's impacting everyone. Uh, As I had mentioned on an NPR piece uh, many months ago, uh, one of the questions was, what is your biggest obstacle? And again, without question, the biggest obstacle is education. Educating people on what we're doing, why we're doing it, why doctors are fed up with the current system. Uh, Everyone understands why insurance doesn't pay for uh, the things in other uh, modalities, you know, car insurance doesn't pay for gasoline and homeowner's insurance doesn't pay for paint. Why does health insurance pay for sore throats and sniffles? Well, it, it just doesn't make sense. So trying to dispel that myth of why does insurance do what it does? What can it be better at? And how can we broaden the scope of direct primary care uh, slash concierge medicine how can physicians take the best care of patients they can in a cash model with a supplement insurance for catastrophes? That, that's really what the whole article was, was, was about. And so um, 
We, uh, we're also thrilled to be able to announce that uh, three more physicians launched their direct care practice um, April 1st. And uh, they were two in Missouri and one in Oklahoma. And um, Dr. Jeff in Oklahoma is already doing wonderful. And Dr. Michael has, a, from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, maybe the best example of a conversion with 213 patients day one. And more signed up the first week, of course. Uh, and it was just wonderful to see how they were able, as an older doctor, um, yeah, I believe he's 62, to transition into this model from a, a struggling insurance-based practice. And his wife, Mary, the, the office manager, sent an email that said he is happy again for the first time in a long time. She said it's great to see that he has the pep in his step and he, he's able to spend time with patients. And so when the spouses are hearing that uh, and, and seeing that, I, I think it shows that we really have a model that any doctor can transition into. So um, great news, great developments, and we're proud to see uh, all of their success. It took us seven months to get to um, that number of patients, and he was able to do it day one, which is fantastic. And we've said that in the past, you know, not only can a physician who already has an established patient base see uh, more patients from the get-go because they have more to pull from, they'll probably be able to pull from more patients overall and maintain a higher practice average number because they already know their patients and clientele. So that really brings us into kind of the main crux of what we want to talk about, and that is practice conversion. We get a lot of people that say, okay, well, we converted Atlas MD. Uh, so I, I, I apologize. We started Atlas MD with no patients. How do I convert my practice, which is a standard insurance accepting family medicine clinic, into a non insurance accepting cash only direct primary care model? So we get that all the time. And how does it work? Can it work? I don't feel like I really have it in me to do that. Why don't I just retire and get out of the game? So we get that a lot. We've helped a lot of people do it, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more here. So I think the key things that make for a, a successful transition is, one, the doctor's taking the time to really understand what a direct care practice is and what it takes to be successful. A successful business like any successful medical treatment plan has a specific recipe. Uh, in medicine, we like to know what's been done, what works, what's, what, what doesn't, what has evidence. And after three and a half years, we think we have a lot of evidence um, from our practice and from many others for what makes a successful and unsuccessful practice. So the recipe here for successful conversion is having a high value and a low cost. Like any business, you want to create value for your patients. And so you want to have a model that adds as many benefits to it as possible while still keeping the price reasonable and affordable to the masses. Because we're all family docs. We all want to take care of all walks of life, and we need an affordable model to do so. The key things in that recipe, I think, are unlimited visits, no copays or low copays, free procedures for the majority of what people need in your office, EKGs, stitches, biopsies, things like that, and wholesale medications and labs. And we've talked about it before, and we haven't seen a practice close that does wholesale medications. And I think in part because, A, 
it takes a, a little bit of organization to do that, so you have your policies and procedures lined up uh, slightly better, but also it's a better value to the patients. Now that you understand the business model, we can talk about the transition and how to do that uh, well to go from your current patient or current insurance model, uh, educate your existing patients, and show them why they should join your practice. Well, and one main feature is price transparency. Think about the last time you went to a restaurant, you went to any other service provider, and they had something to offer but didn't tell you how much it was. How many of us want to buy something only to find out how much it costs after it's been done? We don't like purchasing things that way, and that's what we've gotten used to in healthcare. So you need to be very uh, upfront and forward with how much things cost in healthcare, uh, the prices for the membership, the prices for your medications, for labs, if you discount uh, MRIs and CTs, you want to make sure that you don't surprise people with things, especially prices, based on uh, what you're trying to do for them. You know, yeah. if, Again, we've said it before, if I think you need an, an EKG, but you don't know what that costs, and you seem to think that I'm going to make money based on doing that EKG, you're going to, one, think I'm only going to want it because I'm making money, and you're going to be hesitant because you don't know how much it costs as a consumer. We need to get away from this practice idea in healthcare, and that's what direct primary care does. We've had some wonderful conversations this week on the ideal messaging, or I'm sorry, ideal uh, micro practice forums. Uh, wonderful website and a fantastic number of doctors out there looking to provide a, a, an alternative to the current broken system. And although the ideal micro practice focuses on uh, taking insurance. There's really um, almost you know, a, a startling number of, tr of similarities between IMP and a DPC model. Uh, I'd say everything's the same except that IMP takes insurance. So we've been fortunate enough to have wonderful conversations on there uh, with the, their members and their messaging board about the transition process. And what comes up a lot is, is what's the secret sauce? What 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 makes this work? Um, and again, like we've we've said here, is providing a high value. Then the question is, how long does it take me to do that? Is it harder? Is it cost more? And it's it's easier and costs less. So we've been talking about transitioning a practice, and although we've seen docs do it locally in two weeks, which was a little quick, uh, but way to go, Jeff, and he did it wonderfully, um, and as long as three months. And we recommend an eight to 12-week transition process where you can uh, have enough time to send out a series of letters to your patients educating them on why you're transitioning the, this model, that it's for their best interest, not for yours, but because it's better care, more affordable care to the patients. That gives you time to have town hall meetings and call patients, answer questions as they come in. One key thing that we've seen is that doctors will do a, a chart review and say, here are the 100 medicines I save the most money on. And then I can chart those patients and say, when they come in, hey, would you be interested in a scenario where I can save you $100 a month, but you pay me $50 for the membership. So now they get to practice the, the explanation to their patients as they're coming through the door. 
over a time that's not too long and not too short. Too long and people say, ah, I'll think about it at the end of the summer. Too short and they're not quite ready for the change. Uh, but it's important to put a time limit on it and there's, there's a call to action there. Um, and for most docs, they worry that they're going to lose you know, the majority of their practice. What we say no is the goal is to find mid-levels and other physicians who can come in and help absorb those other patients. Well, and the biggest question is, or the biggest concern, honestly, is the fact that if you leave medicine entirely, you lose all of your patients. If you at least stay in and maintain your practice as a direct primary care, you may not see as many patients overall, but the people you do see, we can all agree, are being more well taken care of because... Seeing three, four, five thousand patients per provider, it's hard to do. It's not realistic. Yeah. And especially with ICD coding and everything else, you know, meaningful use and, and the rest of the alphabet soup that comes with current modern medicine, it, it's not practical and we all realize it. Nobody wants to get away from how we deliver health care and bill for medicine, but nobody disagrees that in good business practice, medicine is a business. And how we're doing it doesn't work. And, and I, because it's a business, we hear from a lot of doctors that they're worried that this is somehow going to become a cold-hearted business that doesn't take care of the poor. We're all family physicians. We all got in this because we care for patients. And so we're able to care for the poor actually better. And this week we met with an organization that runs most of the um, uh, safety net clinics in our state. And they were able to see, although suspicious at first because of the branding Atlas Concierge family practice that this was somehow an elitist model but by the end they saw that this was really a viable model for the masses that the math is flexible enough that you can maybe average thirty dollars per patient per month times a thousand patients which means instead of seeing five or six you see nine or ten a day but that's still a far cry better than than the status quo and and that would allow the price to come much lower and we talked about how physicians could work with the state for vouchers and things to, to even pay for that so we really feel this is a model that will take care of your poorest of patients on up um, we are proud to say that we worked with a, an insurance company uh, to lower an employers premium so much that the employees got a raise working with insurance salesmen uh, or agents is a key part of that transition as well they have a book of business they know employers they know families and they can say hey if I can come back and show you how to get a better insurance product by joining with this physician wouldn't you prefer that and, and patients do and so now you have the doctor who can help educate his own patients you have insurance agents who can educate their patients and employers and you can do some prep work by going out and speaking with employers through Chamber of Commerce, Leeds Group, Rotary, and all these wonderful organizations so that in the three-month period while you're transitioning, you're building up a buzz and a population so that you can start day one with two, three, four hundred patients and actually be profitable very quickly. So when a transition is done well, um, it it minimizes the risk by pre-enrolling patients. And one of the things we see, too, with transitions that ends up being a problem is not looking at the market, saying, I'm done with billing insurance, and I'm going to go cash only, and then making every single mistake that has ever been made by anyone that gets out of insurance. And we've seen it it time and time again. 
where physicians get frustrated with what they're doing, so they want to change and then charge too much and offer too little, or offer too little and charge too many copays. Say, well, I'm going to be inexpensive, but it's only one visit a month. Or it's going to be only a year membership at a time versus a monthly membership. And let's say for us, we do a $50 a month membership or a $600 per year. Well, something that can come up, let's say somebody pays me that $600, but in six months they move out of town. Am I going to keep the other $300 or am I going to be a nice guy and give the other half back? Well, if I'm the nice guy and I give the other half back then that means getting the full amount up front doesn't matter because I always have to have enough to give back in reserves that it just totally negates itself and it doesn't help. So, you know, it might seem like a good idea, like, oh, you know, if I'm starting out and I charge all 500 of my patients the year up front, I'm going to be set for the rest of the year. Well, yeah, maybe. But if some of them leave throughout the year, that means you have to give it back. And, and you're also, not bringing in any new revenue. It also scares patients because it's a higher price. Uh, there's very few things in life we pay for a year at a time. So by bringing it down to a monthly membership, it makes it easier. It's a smaller number. It's a chunk that you can take one bite at a time. Plus, it's, you know, it, it's something that when you see it, you know, if I bought an unlimited coffee subscription to... Starbucks, one month at a time or a year at a time, you know, I might not know what I'm doing in a year. I might have to give up caffeine. So I'm going to be a little hesitant. I'm going to be scared. So I'll pay for something a month at a time. And in the end, not only do you get that monthly revenue that's predictable, you're going to keep more patients. And I guarantee we've seen it happen. So to recap, a successful transition has several key components. First, a good business model. High value, low cost with the services we mentioned. It's going to happen over two to three months while you educate your patients with a series of letters and town hall meetings. It also gives you an opportunity to find that key financial or insurance professional who can help educate and sell the model, as well as um, pricing the model, developing the model, like Doug was just talking, in a way that makes sense to your, your patients. And, that's what we're here for. Right now, we're doing all this free consulting because we know that this is the best thing for family medicine, and we want to help. Uh, and so at, as you have questions, as you run into issues, let us know. Call, email, and, and ask us because we can get you an answer much quicker, much easier with an explanation behind it so that you can move forward with each step of the process to be as successful as possible. We want every physician who transitions to have two, three, four hundred patients day one so um, they, there's no risk, there's no financial worry, and their patients are happy. Well, and we want you to know, too, that we've had somebody from Colorado come out and essentially try to be our local Joe Martin, the insurance specialist, uh, and, and even from other states. You know, we, we, get, we, we understand that not everyone listening to this is a physician. If you're an insurance agent and you're wondering how this can apply to you, uh, we can help. This works very well. You know, trying to uh, sell this model to patients, lower insurance premiums with more care and a happier physician with better health care. You know, again, we've talked about that win-win situation for health insurance companies, patients, doctors, and the overall system. It does work. And we want to make sure that if you're interested, think that you... Uh, 
might want to do something like this or, or just have general questions, please contact us. Uh, yeah, uh, contact us at hello at atlas.md, uh, Twitter at atlas.md, Facebook, of course, at facebook.com slash atlas.md. Um, we also have our website, I Want Direct Care, which we hope to be rolling out a number of new features on very quickly, targeted at the individual uh, clinic level. And as always, follow our blog as we continue to update it with how-to articles and new information about uh, healthcare reform changes. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you uh, over the next couple of weeks. Thanks. <laughs>